I think um, it's easy for us to see God's evidence of his goodness when typically when things are smooth, right? And we're healthy and things are going right or well, right? Maybe a couple bumps, not too bad. We can see his evidence. But when the bottom drops out, sometimes we wonder where the goodness went, right? Um, so that leads me to, um, when we sang this song last night, I, um, this came to mind. So this past Friday, um, Sheila and I went to see some friends um, in the cities. Um, he was an elder at the church I served. He and his wife, um, I think I can say Jeff and Janelle, and they're our age. They have uh, same number of kids, same number of grandkids. We got married the same year. We had all these things in common, and so we like immediately connected while we were there. And um, Jeff is now in hospice care, and he has a combination of, um, of um, Parkinson's and dementia. And, uh, and so it was really hard, and it, but it was really good um, to be there. Um, what was interesting in the visit is while we're visiting, he can't talk much, um, and he can't really take care of himself very well anymore, and we were talking, and one of the things he said, and he kind of mumbles, he had to, to kind of lean in to hear what he was saying. And I don't remember even what we were talking about, but what he said was, it's not about us, it's about what God has done for us. And we said, what? It's not about us, it's about what God has done for us. This coming from the lips of a guy who is where he is. And it was a, a good wake-up call I think Sheila and I talked about it on the way home. You know, I don't know about you, but I tend to be a whiner. I don't mean, I mean, I like wine, but I also like to whine, right? And sometimes we whine about stuff we shouldn't be whining about. And after an experience like that, it kind of is like a reality check. Here's a guy who's only, you know, maybe days away from glory, and he knows that, which is why he could say what he said. Can I tell you that, right? Sometimes when people say to me, life is short, well, yeah, on this side, but it's really long and it's gonna get really awesome. And Jeff knows that, and that's why he could say what he did. It's not about us. It's about what God has done for us. That's kind of what this eyesight, um, this I am Emmanuel is all about. So eyesight, that's kind of where I was going. How's your eyesight? I mean your eyes, your physical eyes. Pretty good, right? Mine were, my eyesight was pretty good until about 1995. And I was having a little bit of trouble, not horrible trouble, but a little bit of trouble. So went to the optometrist. Uh, they did the, all the eye exam and the, got done with that. And the, the doctor said, well, Mr. Hyden, I know what your problem is. And so I'm waiting for some, you know, some kind of shoe to drop. And he said, you were born in 1955. <laughs> and at that time, I was 40. And then he proceeded to explain to me what happens when, uh, to our eyes as we age, which is why... For many of us, when we get to the 30s, 40s, we have to get glasses or contacts or something so we can have good eyesight. And that's really what this series is all about. It's about our eyesight. Not necessarily this eyesight, but, but letter eyesight. I as in Emmanuel. Um, that we want you to see that God is closer than you think he is to you in your personal life. In everything that you, that you go through. Not only, not only is he present like like he's right here, he's, he's all around us, but, but like this, like we've been talking about, he says to you, I see you, and I hear you. I hear not only you, I hear your thoughts, I hear, I hear your struggles, I hear what's on your mind, I, I hear it. 
And I understand it. I understand it better than you, than you think I do, right? God made us. God's redeemed us. God knows our past. He knows us better than we even know ourselves. I understand you, he says, right? And I'm glad to be with you, right? No matter what you're going through, whether life's great or it's a mess, I'm glad to be right there with you, and I can do something about the situation you're in. That's how close we want you to know that God is. And how we hope to improve your eyesight, my eyesight, uh, during these weeks is we're gonna follow Israel uh, from their bondage, their slavery in Egypt to their, their freedom in the promised land. And we kind of kicked that off um, last week. That whole journey is kind of a reflection of what we experience when we begin to see how close God is, when our eyesight um, improves. Uh, so last week we saw Moses experience a major improvement in his eyesight as God showed up in a burning bush and what proceeded to happen is that Moses and God had a rather heated debate. Moses trying to convince God that he was not the man to go confront Pharaoh. He was not the man to go to Egypt and try to leave some two million plus people out of say he's just not the guy. And uh, you need to know that if you ever choose to argue with God, guess who wins? Sooner or later, God wins. And so now Moses is on his way to Egypt and at his side is his brother Aaron. And so God kind of made a concession and said, okay, I'll send your brother with you. He'll encourage you. In fact, he'll speak for you. And what's really fun, I just thought what's really fun to watch the whole story is initially Aaron is doing all the talking and what happens over time is Moses kind of rises to the occasion. Moses starts speaking for himself, which I think is a wonderful practical lesson in life. Sometimes we need somebody beside us, right, for a period of time and once they see us get our wings, so to say, we start to fly on our own. That's almost exactly what happens. That was a total uh, squirrel moment because I didn't mean to say that because it's not written right here. But I thought it was a good point. Well, he's I and nobody else might have thought it was a good point. But. All right, so he's on his way to um, Egypt and uh, he and Aaron, so let me give you a couple of passages here. Moses and Aaron uh, brought together all the elders of the Israelites and Aaron told him, remember he's a spokes guy, at least at the get-go, uh, everything the Lord had said to Moses. And in case you weren't here, let me just read you just the heart of what um, God had said to Moses. God told Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. And so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land. And the next thing that happens, he also performed the signs before the people. Maybe you recall this if you've ever read the story. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to read it. So when, when they're in this heated debate, when God and Moses are in this heated debate about whether or not he should do it, um, God says to Moses, Moses, what's that in your hand? Well, it's a staff. He said, throw it down. He threw it down, and it became a snake, right? And then I, I think this, God has a sense of humor, so he says to Moses, pick it up by its tail, right? And he does, and it goes, turn, becomes a staff. So that's one of the signs. The other one was, uh, God told Moses to put your hand in your cloak and pull it out, and it was leprous. And he said, put it back in and pull it out again, and it was healed. So those are the signs that he did. Uh, and they believed, these, the Israelite leaders, they believed that when they saw that. They said, yep, this must be it. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshiped. They were so grateful that finally there's gonna be some kind of relief, some kind of rescue, some kind of help to get us out of this horrific situation. Right, they bow down, they worship. So, so far, 
so good. But as happens in probably your life as well, things get worse before they get better. Anybody ever had that happen? Right? I mean, it just, you think this new opportunity just presented, you think you got the perfect job you've always been waiting for and you take the job and it's just not exactly what you were thinking. Or you find that person you think is the perfect person you want to spend the rest of your life with and you're a couple months in and all things are going wrong. Or you think you found the right house to move into and so you buy that house, you're so excited to get inside and there's all kinds of problems. Right, or that opportunity presents itself and you seize it and as you seize the opportunity, things fall apart. And you wonder, that's the sort of thing that happens for Israel. They hear that God cares, they hear that God is close, they hear that God's gonna do something for them, they're super excited that their situation is about to change, but, and then their bad situation goes from bad to worse. And so here's what happened. Um, after Moses and uh, Aaron had met with the leaders, uh, they go to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, the dictator who's in charge, and this is what Aaron says to him, says this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they might hold a festival to me in the desert. Pharaoh replies, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let the Israelites go, right? So not only, right, does he not let them go, he tells the slave drivers to make their slavery harder. Don't supply them with what they need to build their bricks. You make them go and do it. But you keep the quota level at the same level and so their harsh slavery got worse. And as you can imagine, if that's you and your hopes are up here and all of a sudden this kind of stuff is happening down here, you're wondering what? And so the people of Israel, they're confused, they're angry, they're devastated, they don't get it. God is not doing what he said, our hopes are so high. And not only were the people of Israel frustrated, not only were they angry, Moses was. And so listen to this prayer that, that Moses prays on the heels of this. He prays, oh Lord, why? Why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Where are you? That's a pretty bold prayer. Can I tell you something? God is not afraid of those kinds of prayers. If you're mad at God, tell him so. He's a big guy. He can handle it. My guess is maybe you've been through this, where you're praying, you're praying about something or for someone in a bad situation, and you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and nothing's changing, and maybe even it's getting worse, and you're wondering. God answers Moses. But his answer is not what Moses was expecting. Now you need to know that. When we pray, God does not always answer exactly the way we think he should. In fact, normally, God does what we don't expect. And often, we don't realize that until we get to the other side of something. 
When you're in that bad situation and you're wondering nothing's gonna change, I feel like I'm stuck here, I feel like it's getting worse, and now you're years later and you're looking back and you're going, how did, I, how did that happen? And God has his fingerprints all over it. What God says, I think, boils down to two things. He says to those who are devastated and struggling, he says, first of all, be patient and trust me. Be patient and trust me. Two of the simplest but hardest things to do in our faith walk, right? How many of you are good at patience? Yeah, me either, right? How about trust? But that's what God says. And I want, but I, wanted, I want you to see how he says it, all right? So I, I'm not gonna put the whole passage up there. Um, from Exodus chapter six, uh, God tells Moses, he says, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. Now, <laughs> this is not like, okay, parents, have you ever done this? I remember making this promise, I would never do this to my children. I'm never gonna say, because I'm your father and I said so. <laughs> Dads, anybody, right? I remember being in one of those arguments with a daughter who was a teenager and I was, I was being calm, I was being patient. Okay, here's why, but why? Well, here's why, but why? But here's why. And after about the fifth one, I said, I'm your dad. I said so, conversation over, right? This is not like that. I mean, God says, I am the Lord, and then he spells out what he's gonna do for them. He says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring into the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you. I am the Lord. I am the Lord and this is what I'm gonna do for you. When Moses brings these incredible promises to the people of Israel, they did not listen. They did not believe it. And in a way, how can you blame them? They'd just been devastated. They thought this was gonna happen and that happened instead. The best part of this whole event that unfolds here is that even though they didn't listen, even though they didn't believe what God said he would do, God went ahead and did something about their situation anyway. You and I have the benefit of hindsight. You and I have the benefit of recorded scripture. We, have, we can read the rest of the story, and the rest of the story is that God did exactly what he said he was gonna do. Right? Like I said before, he didn't do it exactly when they thought he should do it. He didn't do it exactly how they thought he should do it, but God got it done. And my guess is that's happened to you. As I mentioned before, you get to the other side of something, you can look back and say, that's where God was. That's how he helped me. That's how he carried me through that. The primary piece of evidence, if you will, like we just sang, that God is faithful to his promises is this cross up over our head. I love this verse from 2 Corinthians chapter one. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So let me tell you something. 
Every single promise in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, from the beginning to the end, every single promise leads to this destination. It leads to our Lord Jesus Christ, his life, his journey to the cross, his taking our place, his resurrection, his ascension to the right hand of the Father, his reigning over all things, his promise to come back. Every promise lands at that destination. God keeps his promises. Be patient, he says. Trust me. That's how we uh, hang on in the meantime. So in, in the, I want to do one more thing. It's, it's one thing for me to stand up here and say, hang in there. It's one thing for me to, me to be patient and trust and, and you to hear that. It's another thing for, well, so, okay, how do I go from where I am to that's where I'd like to be, right? So one of the things that's helping me is what um, we're calling Emmanuel moments. And so this is, this is when we hear God say to us, I see you, I hear you, I understand you, I am glad to be with you, I know this is hard for you, and I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna help, I'm gonna do something for you in this situation. And so let me just share with you a simple way um, that that happens. So Emmanuel journaling, you've heard us talk about it, we had the video about it last week, is way simpler than we may think, and it's less scary than we may think. So here's what happened to me this last Wednesday. So Wednesday morning, this message is not yet done. And I'm a terrible procrastinator. And I'm beginning to feel the anxiety that there's church at 6.15 today and I'm not nearly as far in my homework as I should be. And so I started to get anxious. I thought, you know what, instead of that, I'm gonna just pause. And I wrote out a prayer. And I wrote out my worry that I wasn't gonna get this done in time and people are gonna show up and, and I'm, I'm not gonna be sure what I'm gonna say. After I wrote that out, that's part one of Emmanuel journaling, I just reflected on what I'd written. And then the second part is I thought, okay, if God could say something to me right now, knowing God, what do I think he would say to me? And so here's what I wrote, this is what I think God would, have, would, would say to me. This is Wednesday morning, not done. He says, Dennis, don't worry. We will get this message written and proclaimed. How many times have we done this? I want people to know me. I want people to know that even when things get hard, worse instead of better, they can trust my promises, my grace, my strength to carry them. Dennis, you have my presence and my promise. My word never returns to me empty. It always accomplishes what I send it to do, just like the rain and the sunshine that makes things grow. Trust me. When you personalize God's words like that and they are spoken directly to you, can I tell you what I experienced at that moment? I remember sitting there reflecting on that, what I just read to you, and feeling my own anxiety let down. And the tension I felt ease. And um, that's Emmanuel journaling. Right? That's one of the ways that God grows us in our patience and in our trust. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, um, we know that um, you've told us over and over again in your word that you love to hear our voice, you love to hear our prayers, and you are ready to respond to them. And uh, Lord, we also know that you love it when we listen to you, when we hear from you, not only in a generic sort of way, but in a specific way, to hear that promise right when we need it, that you're gonna get us through whatever we're going through. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would, um, during these weeks, uh, open the eyes of our hearts to see just how close you are to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Would you please stand? All right, let's uh, get ready to bless one another. So open your arms, let's do that. Here we go. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and in your going, in your crying and in your laughing, God is with you and God is for you. He blesses and keeps you. He makes his face shine on you. He's gracious to you. He looks upon you with his favor and grants you his peace always. Amen.